Hey there and happy new year to you and your family. My name's Darren and over the next three weeks, Tim's asked me to share a series and he gave me the choice of doing anything I wanted at all. Being the first weeks of January, I thought maybe we should look at how to set ourselves for a good year in terms of deepening our faith in 2024. Have you ever driven your car and been traveling from point A to point B when along the way you became a little bit distracted? Maybe you're distracted by a conversation with someone sitting in the passenger seat. Maybe there's a, a bit of a disagreement going on in the back seat between a couple of kids or something on the radio comes on that grabs your attention. Whatever it might be, something grabs your attention and you pay less attention to your driving. And suddenly you realize that instead of going to, from point A to point B, you've gone from point A to point C. And you kind of wake up to the fact that you're off track and you wonder how it is that you got to where you are. Maybe you've been driving a familiar road. This happens to me all the time. I might be driving one of my kids to school and end up at the supermarket because I go there every week as well. These familiar paths that we travel along sometimes become an automatic pilot, if you will. Or maybe the traffic has influenced us. Maybe you've just followed the car in front of you without really thinking about where they were going and not really considering that they might not be going to the same place as you. The pattern of traffic sometimes can influence the way that we drive without us really thinking about it. Sometimes I drive like that and sometimes as I look back on my life, I live my life like that a, a little bit as well. It's very easy to kind of just drift into your year. You might start the year with New Year's resolutions or goals, but slowly but surely you pay a little less attention to the way you're living. And for one reason or another, maybe because of old habits or maybe because what everyone else is doing, you end up in a different destination to where you set out to be. So this is what I want to talk about this week and over the next couple of weeks is living in a little bit more purposeful way, living with a little bit more attention or intention. As I've been thinking about this topic, I came across this verse in Ephesians and it uh, is something that really, I guess, helped me to wake up and, and to think about my uh, next year. It says this in Ephesians 5, 15 to 16, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. This verse encourages us to pay attention to the way we're walking, to uh, think carefully uh, and to examine the way we're walking. And I think it's a great verse for us to think about at this time of year, to actually give consideration to how we are going to travel into this next 12 months. Now, I have to say a little bit of a confession. When I talked to my wife and my kids about this topic, there were a few raised eyebrows. <laughs> I perhaps am not the best person to talk about uh, goals or resolutions or living, uh, developing habits to help us to reach our goals because uh, I'm, my personality type is, um, struggles with this a little bit. Um, if you've done Myers-Briggs, you might be familiar with um, what I am. I'm an INFP. 
P, and that P part of me basically stands for disorganization, <laughs> spontaneous living, and a real challenge when it comes to organizing myself. But even with that personality type, I do know that it's a powerful thing to have a goal and to develop uh, disciplines and habits that will take you towards that goal. And even though I've struggled with it over the years, there have also been times where I've seen the payoff of having a goal and working towards it in my business, in my health, in my finances. There've been times where I have actually set myself a goal and lived in a more intentional way, developed habits that have taken me towards it. And I also think about my faith. There's been times where I've been more intentional than others also. And so this sermon series is as much for me as it is you. And uh, in many ways, it's probably more of a workshop series. I'm going to talk um, uh, from a the perspective of the Bible. Each week, I'll be looking at different Bible passages. But I also want to encourage you as we go through these three weeks to uh, pause the video from time to time and to actually consider the ideas that we're talking about and to actually make some plans. The beauty of having this on video rather than in person is that you can pause me anytime you like. Uh, I bet you probably wish that from time to time when I speak in person too. But to be able to pause the video and to actually maybe get a pen and paper out and to actually put some plans in place. My my goal with this is not just to uh, hit your mind with ideas, but to actually uh, allow those things to flow into how you're going to live your life this year. As someone who does struggle with this type of thing, there are three things that I have learned over the years. The first one is that I'm best when I uh, set goals and um, uh, habits in place that are simple. Too many things for me I mean I don't actually do anything well at all. So even just one or two things that I'm going to work on can mean a lot uh, in terms of uh, actually applying them. Secondly, I like small, achievable first steps. You might be someone who likes to plan out your whole year. That's not me. I like to plan out what I'm going to do next and then to add the next step after that. And the last thing I've learned uh, about how I work best in this space is that I work best with routines and habits. So if I can actually do the same thing every day for a week or two weeks, then I'm much more likely to be able to do that thing long term. So really working hard in the early days of setting um, myself towards my goal is really important to be able to set some regular things in place that I can do. And so what I'm going to do over this series, in this workshop series, if you like, is to give you a simple framework to think about your spirituality. We're going to look at three simple, broad categories that are going to help you to think about your spirituality. And then I want to give you some ideas, some practical ideas of things that you can do. This is not rocket science. Pretty much everything I'm going to speak about, you will have heard about if you've been in church for even just a month or two, but it's the type of stuff that sometimes I think we need to be reminded of in order to pay uh, attention and to be more intentional about what we're going to do. So this is the framework that I'm going to give you. Over the next three weeks, we're going to look at three journeys or three pathways in our spirituality. And these three are not meant to be one 
or the other. They're all meant to be part of our spirituality. And I'm going to talk to you about uh, some teaching from Jesus where he actually teaches us, he commands us to engage in each of these three areas. And I'm going to give you some biblical um, backing for it. So we're going to look at today at the inner journey. This is taking seriously our devotion to God. This is our personal relationship with him. The second area is our outer journey. This is taking seriously um, the call that Jesus has upon our lives to make a difference uh, to other people's lives, to make disciples, to actually do mission, service, justice, these types of things. And then in the last week, we're going to look at the together journey. And this is where faith comes alive when we do it together as a community of believers. So that's where we're headed. Let's look today at the inner journey. And I'm going to start with some teaching of Jesus. And it actually comes from Matthew 22. Jesus was approached one day by a Pharisee, um, someone who was an expert in the law. And he came to test Jesus. And he asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus replies, quoting scripture from Deuteronomy. And he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. This will probably be familiar teaching uh, to those of you who've been hanging around from, uh, 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 <laughs> been hanging around at one for uh, a little while. This is something that we have talked about before. It's one of the few commandments that Jesus actually teaches. Uh, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. There are two participants in this commandment. There is you, and if you look at the Greek in this commandment, it is you in the singular. This is you alone. Sometimes we read you in the Greek, and it means uh, a communal you, like you all or yous. Uh, this is uh, directed at an individual. And the other part of it is, of course, God. And he talks about loving God in three ways. He talks about loving God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and with all of your soul. Now, the heart in Jesus' day is a little bit different to the way we think about the heart today. We think about the heart as our physical heart, but also perhaps being connected to our emotions. And that certainly was part of how the Greeks looked at the heart. But the heart also signified their thoughts as well. And it really signified their core, their, their middle. So Jesus here is saying, love the Lord your God with everything within you, your middle, your core, your feelings and your thoughts. Then he talks about the soul. The soul is that part of our, our being that is our spirit. It is um, the thing that gives us life and it is, has a lot to do with your, your breath. So Jesus is saying, love the Lord your God with, with everything that is alive within you, uh, with your breath, with your spirit. And then love the Lord your God with your mind. And like we think about minds today, it also has something to do with thoughts, but it's the more reasoned and considered thought. Basically, Jesus here is saying, love the Lord your God with everything that is within you. Everything that is within you. Bring that to the love that you have to God. It's a very personal, it's a very inner command in many ways. And of course, it does have implications in the way we live our lives. Uh, and we'll look a little bit more about that in, in the next two weeks. But really, we want to start by thinking about how am I going to deepen this inner connection that I have with God in 2024? 
So I guess the question I have for you is how are you going to do that this year? This isn't a trick question. And again, it's not rocket science. Uh, it's probably pretty obvious. Uh, if you think about how are you going to love anyone, how do you develop your love for anyone, a lot of it has to do with time and the time that we spend with a person. If we want to love someone, we need to spend time getting to know them, understanding their values, understanding who they are, what, uh, understanding their personality, and interacting with them. It's a lot to do with communication. It's a lot to do with service. It's a lot to do with caring for the other person and being vulnerable with that person as well to develop that mutual love for one another. And so a lot of what I guess we need to think about is how are we going to spend time with God this year? How are we going to be intentional with our time this year? Now, perhaps some things are already coming to your mind that you can work on. There certainly are for me. Uh, and some of the, the disciplines, uh, that uh, the spiritual disciplines that we've talked about at, at times here at One in the past. Um, I've read a couple of books on this that I can recommend to you. Anything by Richard Foster or Dallas Willard have um, some great resources on spiritual disciplines. Um, and I've listed a few there on, on the screen for you. Um, the most obvious perhaps is prayer. Prayer is that intimate connection that we have with God, that intimate communication with God. And this is certainly something that can help us to develop this inner journey, actually expressing uh, ourselves to God, but also creating space for God to speak to us and learning to uh, have stillness, as I've had on the screen there, to actually give God a chance to, to speak to us. Um, Worship is another part of that. Many of you will love the worship that we do here at One on a Sunday morning, but worship can become a part of our lives as individuals as well, uh, whether that be through uh, singing, whether that be through uh, movement and dance or spending time in creation, whether that be in the written word or the spoken word. There are lots of ways that we can express our adoration and praise for God. Bible study is another way that we can develop our relationship uh, with God to learn more about him to, in scriptures, to understand who God is and what God values and to understand our place in this world as well. Scripture uh, comes alive when we read it. Um, we, we, we know that the, the spirit actually uh, speaks to us as we read scripture and meditate upon that. Confession is another spiritual discipline, one that perhaps some of us kind of cringe away from. Uh, it's, it takes vulnerability and, and humbling ourselves, but certainly saying to God, this is who I am, uh, and being an open book to God, to, to allow God to put his, his finger upon things in our lives that he might want to bring wholeness to and forgiveness to as well, is certainly something that can help, help us to deepen our inner journey. Uh, creating uh, moments of stillness in our life. I think this is in particularly uh, a powerful one for those of us who live busy lives. I know certainly with three growing boys and a, a business and uh, a community and all the demands that come with that, it can be very hard sometimes to create stillness in our lives. And maybe that's something that we need to bring into 2024. Or maybe it's Sabbath. Another discipline, if you like, it's a, a rhythm of having rest and um, spending time with God in, in that restful place, connected again with many of the other disciplines of stillness and prayer and worship. 
And then perhaps fasting is another one. Another one that sometimes is a little bit hard, but giving up something, whether that be food or something else, to be able to create space for more of the other uh, disciplines. There, of course, are other things that might be coming to your mind, spiritual disciplines and practices that can help us to deepen our inner journey with God. Now, this is probably one of those moments where I give you permission to pause the video and just take note of the things that perhaps in this list have uh, spoken to you or other things that might be coming to, to mind. I think it's really important to give God a moment to kind of breathe into this whole idea of uh, thinking about the year ahead. Where is God speaking to you right now? What is God saying that maybe you need to build into this next year to be intentional about um, building this inner journey? So if you like, feel free to pause. Uh, I'm going to give you some more practical ideas in a moment um, once you come back. Uh, but pause now and jot down anything that comes to mind. Okay, if those of you who haven't paused or those of you who have, I want to give you some practical ideas now. We've talked fairly broadly about spiritual disciplines, um, but what can we actually do? Some, some specific things, some things that I've tried and things that the ministry team have actually mentioned to me as well. I mentioned what I was doing to Tim and Linda and the others, and they came back to me with some ideas and some things that they'd like you to consider as well. Um, the first one that comes to mind for me is actually a memory that I have. And I think back to when I was a child and I would come down in the early morning for breakfast and I would find my dad already up in our kitchen or in the lounge room with his Bible out and a little book that he used to read uh, called Every Day with Jesus. And I'd ask him, what are you doing, dad? And he'd say, I'm having my quiet time. A quiet time is something that may be a little bit old fashioned. Uh, maybe it's something that you haven't done for, for a long time, or maybe it's something that you've never done before. But having a moment in your day where you can sit with scripture and um, perhaps take a resource like Every Day with Jesus or many, many others, and to actually punctuate the start of your day with a, a moment to reflect and to pray. Um, I do find sometimes a resource, um, and there are many out there, whether it be a, a book like Every Day with Jesus or an app, there are plenty of those, and I'll give you a couple of those in a minute. Um, they can actually be really helpful. Or you might want to be a little less structured and, and just explore a book of the Bible and to journal what you reflect and maybe to journal your prayers. Uh, you can do it um, you can do it in the lounge room in the morning. You can do it in bed. You can do it uh, as you take a walk. It really doesn't matter how you do it. The moment that you spend with God is, is the, the important thing. A couple of ways that I've actually found it helpful over the last uh, couple of decades of my life. I started out doing quiet times just like Dad, but have um, discovered a few other ways that I do it um, these days. Uh, the first is Lectio Divina. Um, it's a Latin term. I don't even know what it really stands for, but it's a monastic way of reading and praying into scripture where you read a short piece of scripture and then you reflect and you pray and then you read it again and you reflect and you pray and then you read it again and you reflect and you, you pray. There's lots of resources online about how to do a Lectio Divina 
experience for yourself, but there's also some apps available. And the one that um, Linda and Tim suggested I mention to you is one that I use. It's called Lectio 365. It's available for Android and Apple devices, uh, and it's a 10-minute meditation, if you like, uh, focusing upon a scripture and then giving you some prayers and just um, gentle reflections upon that passage. It goes for 10 minutes. It's something you listen to, or if you prefer, it's something that you can read. Um, and it gives you that 10 minutes in the morning and then another 10 minutes at the end of the day. It's morning and evening prayers. And I think it's a beautiful, um, lovely way of, of just spending the start and the end of your day uh, with God and uh, a really valuable resources that I encourage you to take a look at. They actually also have, uh, I think it's called Lectio 365 for families. So if you want to do this with your kids or with a partner, it can be quite fun as well and useful as well to involve them in that way. Another um, uh, way of praying that I've found useful over the years is the examine. Examine of conscious uh, sometimes is the way it's called. It's uh, Ignatian way. Saint Ignatius came up with it many years ago, another monastic tradition where you replay your day and you go back through your day and think about the day that you've just had in a prayerful way. I quite often will do this right at the end of my day, particularly if I've had a busy day uh, and I'm feeling tired for, for one reason or another, and I'm not quite sure why I'm feeling emotionally tired, to replay my day and to ask God, where were you present today? And, and where was I aware of you today? Um, how did I react today? Did I react in positive ways or, or negative ways? And to actually replay your day in a prayerful way. Again, there's lots of resources out there on doing examines. There's different types of it and different ways of guiding you through that. And again, there's some apps out there as well. So I encourage you to do a bit of research on that. These are some more structured ways of praying, but there's plenty of unstructured ways of doing it as well. I have one friend who lights a candle at the start of each work day, and they just have the candle sitting on their desk at work. No one knows why the candle's there. Other people probably just think they like the scent of the smell, but the candle sits on her desk to remind her throughout the day that she is the light of the world and that Jesus says that he is the light of the world as well. And so it invites her and, and reminds her of um, who Jesus is in and who she should be in her workplace. So sometimes a visual reminder like a candle can actually be quite useful as well. Maybe you want to set up a worship playlist. There's some amazing worship songs. Pretty much everything we sing here at One, you can find on Spotify or Apple Music. Setting up a worship playlist can be good. Um, maybe it's time to go to Kurong and pick up a book. Maybe one of the ones from Richard Foster or Dallas Willard or something else about uh, developing your spirituality. Maybe it's something that is going to challenge your mind or maybe it's something that's going to challenge your heart. Um, there's plenty of great resources out there and I'm sure that the ministry team would be happy to give you some advice on books that might be helpful for you. 
Maybe it's time to do some prayer walks, to build a daily prayer walk into your life. I've talked about this before when I've spoken, and I know a number of you have actually uh, taken on prayer walks since I talked about it last time. A prayer walk can really be anything you want it to be. Um, For me, it takes a couple of different forms. Sometimes um, instead of going for a walk with my AirPods in, listening to a podcast, I will go for a walk with just taking in the beauty of um, the world that I live in, finding a nice nature walk to go on and actually just responding to what I see in nature to God, just having a chat with God as I walk. Other times I like to go to busy places in our neighborhood, a shopping center, for example, and actually do the exercise of asking God, where are you at work here? And how can I pray for my neighborhood? That can be another way of doing it. Another way that I have done it in the past is to actually do a photo prayer walk and to actually take photos along the way in my walk of things of beauty that I can celebrate and um, respond to, but also things of need that I see in my community as well. And to actually use those photos later in the day to actually pray into. So maybe a photo, uh, a prayer walk is something that you might want to try doing, even if it's just once a week. Journaling is another thing that you can do. This is actually something I felt challenged to build back into my life over the last month or so. Getting up 15 to 20 minutes earlier and just spending a little time in the morning journaling. Um, Sometimes I like to build this into my Lectio Divina. So listen to Lectio 365 and then write for 10 minutes a response to that. Or maybe it's um, just writing out your prayers. Journaling can be um, really useful in this way. A couple of other things here that are more corporate, and they kind of touch on our together journey, which I'll talk about uh, in a couple of weeks' time. But uh, maybe it's this is the year to start attending a small group for the first time. Uh, it's a communal thing. It's a together thing. But it also can be something that can bring your inner journey alive as well as you study the Bible and pray with others. Maybe it's about committing to come to a weekly service again. Um, Sometimes this is a real struggle. I know I find it hard with kids with sports and all kinds of things, but uh, committing yourself to having a weekly time where you come and spend time in worship in the together journey, but also that can feed into your inner journey as well. Or maybe, and this might sound like a big one, maybe you need to do some study. Uh, Maybe it's enrolling in a diploma or a degree, but many Bible colleges also allow you to audit subjects. And this is something I did about 30 years ago now. I audited audited a subject uh, at a Bible college, and that then led me on to further study. But even if you just stop at auditing that subject, uh, perhaps a a subject looking at the New Testament or Old Testament or uh, studying Greek, ancient Greek or something like that, that can actually bring new perspectives to your faith journey as well. Now, again, I'm sure there's plenty of other things that might come to mind that you might want to build into your life this year. Again, feel free to pause the video if you like. Uh, I'm going to wrap things up in a couple of minutes. But again, take a moment to actually ponder how this year am I going to do something that is going to develop this inner journey? The last thing that I want to say, and I find this really is important for me, as I mentioned before, is to build some rhythm to these practices that we're going to do. 
building a rhythm is something that we see other faith um, uh, communities do. Uh, if you've ever been to an Islamic country, you will have heard their call to prayer. First time I ever heard it, lying in bed at 5.30 in the morning in Turkey. Uh, it was a rude shock to my system and I was a bit annoyed by it at first, but the more I heard it, the more I realized that perhaps we have lost something by not having these calls to prayer punctuating our day, reminding us to um, bring our attention to God. Christians have had calls to prayers as well. Um, Christians have used bells in churches. Uh, Christians have used trumpets. Uh, Christians have used um, grace at mealtimes. These punctuations, these rhythms that have they've brought to days. Um, monastic traditions have prayed the daily office or prayed uh, at different times throughout the day. So this isn't just something that um, people from other perspectives uh, faith perspectives bring to their faith, but it's something that we can bring to ours as well. We see it in scripture. In Psalm 119, David says, I will praise you seven times a day. It seems that he had a rhythm of prayer in his day. In Acts, we see that Peter and John in Acts 3 go to the temple at the time of prayer at the three o'clock in the afternoon. The Jewish faith perspective, um, they prayed three times a day, 9 a.m., midday and 3 p.m. We see later in Acts chapter 10, Peter is in a house and he goes up to the roof of that house to pray at noon. They seem to have adopted this rhythm of prayer. So perhaps a rhythm of prayer could be useful to experiment with. There are a variety of ways that we can do that. Um, for me, I like to think about it in terms of a weekly, sorry, a daily and a weekly rhythm. So daily rhythm might be doing a Lectio Divina first thing in the morning and late, last thing at night and maybe setting an alarm during the day to remind you to have a noontime prayer. Or maybe you like to have a, a build a weekly rhythm of, of prayer this, this year. Maybe Monday could be a day that you have as a gratitude day. Maybe Tuesday could be the day that you uh, do Thanksgiving, although that's a bit similar. Or maybe it's a, a day that you, in your prayer, focus upon um, confession. Maybe Wednesday is a day that you um, do petition, praying for your friends. Maybe Thursday could be the day that you pray for your world. Maybe Friday is a day that you just have time of silence and allow God to speak to you. You could develop your own rhythm of prayer that will bring alive different aspects of your faith. Maybe you could do the same thing with your Bible reading. Uh, Monday is a day that you do a psalm. Tuesday is a day that you uh, look at a chapter in, in uh, one of the Gospels. Maybe Wednesday is a day that you do a book from one of the, uh, the epistles. And maybe Friday is a day that you do um, Old Testament. Um, there's lots of different creative ways that you can build a rhythm around your week. Um, or maybe it's a seasonal thing. Um, again, this is something I think um, sometimes as Protestants we lose um, sight of, but there's a liturgical year that um, is, can be really a, a meaningful way of going through your year, looking at you know Christmas and Easter, they're the big ones, but Lent, um, Epiphany, Advent, these other seasons that happen throughout the year that when we engage with can bring alive this inner journey in a different way. So maybe this is the year that you do a little bit of learning around those different seasons. Uh, a few quick last tips. Um, use your 
reminders and calendar appointments and alarms on your phone. We often talk about how our phones interrupt our lives, but you can use those interruptions to create your own calls to prayer. And I did this um, a few years ago. I decided to um, set an alarm, a recurring alarm, three times a day to be my call to prayer. I did it at 9 a.m., 12 o'clock, and 3 p.m., taking that kind of uh, New Testament um, rhythm that we saw. And I found that that call to prayer, my alarm, actually really did help me to refocus my attention. So maybe you could do that. Another thing that can be really useful in building these habits, these practices, is to tie the new habit to an old one. You do things already every day. Uh, You wake up, you go to sleep. There's two things. So when you wake up in the morning, maybe that can be a signal to do something. Uh, maybe it's a, an early meditation. Maybe when your head hits the, t- uh, the pillow for the end of the day, that can be something that you tie another type of prayer to. Uh, brushing your teeth. I have a friend who brushes his teeth every morning, every night, and during that he prays. And he brushes his teeth for quite a long time as well. His uh, teeth hygiene is improved. Uh, maybe it's tying it to a meal, um, your shower, uh, your drink of coffee, if you're a coffee drinker or tea drinker. These things that you do already, tie them to a new habit. And you might just find that you develop uh, a, a spiritual practice that becomes as, um, as a part of your day as you getting up and going to bed and brushing your teeth. Again, feel free to pause the video, but I do want to finish off with just a few verses that as I was thinking about this whole topic uh, this week, really came to mind. We've been talking a lot today about us drawing near to God, us doing things that are going to help us to deepen our relationship with Him. But the amazing thing is that in Scripture we see time and time again that it's not just us who draws near to God. God actually draws near to us as well. And it's a two-way thing. Um, I hope you don't come away from this thinking that you need to do more and that you need to, uh, you're the one who needs to deepen your relationship with God. It's not just about you. Yes, we can set our year with good intentions. Yes, we can set some practices into place, but we worship a God who draws near to us. John 15 uh, has this beautiful analogy of Jesus talking about him being like a vine and us being the branches and uh, illustrating that closeness, that relationship that we have with him. He says, remain in me. That's our job, remain in him. But he says, I will remain in you also. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in you and I in you, you will bear much fruit. This beautiful picture of of us being called to remain in him, but this promise that he will remain in us. James 4.8 says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. A beautiful promise to take into your week. Um, John 6.57, Jesus says, The one who feeds on me, that's our job, feeding on him, will live because of me. He brings life when we feed upon him. It's a two-way street. 
Uh, Isaiah 40, famous verses says, but they who wait on the Lord, that's our job, waiting on the Lord, they will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. A beautiful picture. All we're called to do is to wait on him and he brings about that energy and that um, renewal that we so desperately need. And then lastly in Jeremiah 29 says, And then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. There's these beautiful promises that uh, remind us that, yes, we are called to draw near to him, but he's also drawing near to us. That is his heart. Will you pray with me? Lord God, I thank you for these these wonderful promises that we've just uh, reflected on quickly in Scripture. We we thank you that you remain in us uh, when we remain in you, that it's a two-way street, that when we come near to you, you come near to us, that when we feed on you, you bring life, abundant life to us, that when we wait on you, that you renew us and you bring us strength. And when we call on you and when we seek you, we will find you. We thank you for these beautiful promises. Lord God, we we thank you that you are a God who draws near to us. And this week, as we reflect upon this idea of growing in our inner journey, I pray that you would bring to mind the things that you want us to try this year, that you want us to put into place these practices, maybe that we come back to having um, uh, neglected them in the past or maybe having never done them before. Help us to be drawn to the things that you want us to build into our lives this year. Help us to build a rhythm that deepens our relationship with you so that we can um, live with intention and purpose this year. Lord God, we thank you for this time together. I just pray that you would uh, speak into these words uh, that we've heard today and, and bring them alive through this next week and into this year. Amen.